Okay, I laughed at your username. Okay, well, good, and we won't share it. No, Dan Wade, I'm Wampus Reynolds. Hello, Wampus Reynolds. It is a pleasure to talk to you. What would you like to talk about tonight? Well, since this is not Spiral, the Thought Spiral Recap Podcast, (laughs) the idea that we have committed to, crazy as it may be, I think we should talk about Thought Spiral. Thought Spiral. Yes, I like it. Is there a specific episode you'd like to... uh... Uh, let's do a uh, 295. Is that what we're on? Yeah. Yeah. We do. We, uh, before we do, we need to figure out what we're going to do for the big 300. That is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that crossed my mind. What can we do to celebrate approximately what, 550 hours or so of, of pure solid content? I, I one one thing that I think that, that that we should do, and we know enough of the the users, uh, the listeners. I it would be nice, and I don't say this as a man of means. It would be nice for us collectively to buy them three hundred coffees. Hey, I like this idea. I like this uh, a lot. I'll I'll chip in for. For uh, I guess let's say thirty, thirty. Oh my goodness, thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so ten percent. You've already dialed it back. I, I don't know what a coffee is, but um, I, I, I think a coffee is five dollars. Something. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm I, not th- I think I <laughs> yeah. think three hundred dollars is. I think that's something that we could raise. Yeah. So I'll so, talk to I'll talk to the man. And uh, if you're listening. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash thought spiral, right? And um, I think so. Buy them a coffee and say this is on for uh, your 300. Or and, we should and, have some hashtag or something so they know. Yeah. And can I just say, it, it, I don't think that it is required to, to buy a coffee if you enjoy the show. I do think that it is good etiquette to buy a coffee if you are asking questions on the show. That that if, is true. If yes. you are taking their time, yeah. they they deserve a little remuneration for saying, "Oh, that was so funny." <laughs> or you know, the converse. Either I got should... both this week. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that later. Later. Uh, well, uh I on not spiral. Uh, I am pleased to say that we have a new listener. Uh, Mrs. Wade listened to the last episode. Well, congratulations. Yeah. To, to the Wade household. Yes. And she said, I didn't understand anything we were talking about, but I certainly enjoy hearing your voice. Well, that is high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looks like you were having fun out there. all right all right um well let's dive into this episode i just took a few notes um Uh, josh was fairly jet lagged 
uh, coming back from San Francisco. Um, and yeah, and this was the most Andy of Andy introductions. Uh, how this opened, which was I just came from SF Sketch Fest, which sent Andy on bizarre tangents, and it took quite a while to steer it back to the Sketch Fest. Yes, yeah, so, but by the time we got back to Sketch Fest, he had done a chicken, beef, or fish airline joke. Oh, God. He had <laughs> tried to make a pun between Psychology Fair and a Vanity Fair article. Oh, yeah. And then he made <laughs> tried to make a meal out of a the fact that Josh stayed at Hotel Kabuki. Now... I know it of Kabuki theater, but do they actually call it the Kabuki dance, which he kept saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I think he uh, was just going off in, in free association. Um, yeah. And that turned <laughs> into, help me out with this. Uh, if the Hotel Kabuki isn't available, maybe the Mumminshance Hotel? Am I saying that right? <laughs> yeah, Moomenshans. Um, okay, what what is that? Now, Moomenshans was popular in the 70s. And when I say popular, I put that in quotes. They did host a uh, Muppet show once. And it was, I think, either, I think, Swedish. A Swedish um, kind of puppetry duo who would wear kind of bizarre abstract costumes and do do performances the uh oh there was a there was a sesame street sketch that seemed really inspired by moomin shots uh i can't remember where two characters just kind of make sounds at each other there they were just very bizarre uh i'm surprised you don't know about moomin shots brad uh, our friend brad chad porter used to have a tag that cited moomin shots um yeah, and I guess they are a form of theater, not dance, but theater. So, yeah, it almost worked. Fair enough. Um, I do enjoy a nice puppet theater. Um, when, whenever I have a friend who says, hey, I'm going to Paris, what should I do? Um, I tell them, go to the sewer museum and uh -huh. then go to the Luxembourg Gardens and go see a puppet show because that's where they have Le Grand Guignol, which I guess has been going on for a couple hundred years. And that's amazing. You just sit and uh, you're surrounded by a bunch of kids and just try really hard to not look like a creep. And you watch puppets take large sticks to beat their wives and everyone howls with laughter and it's very French. That, that sounds as French as France can be. Yes. Uh, back to Andy. I He has embraced normally. Oh, he did tried, he say it again? Yeah. He, he tried to say it, then he corrected himself, and then he made a big deal about how he said it correctly. <laughs> so he's certainly self-aware. Yes, uh, that was uh, a nice acknowledgement of, of the things. Um, Josh mentioned that he went to a party at Adam Savage's. And 
Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it took me three turns to picture Adam Savage. Because at first I thought Dan Savage. I was like, Josh, I don't think you want to go to a Dan Savage party. <laughs> and then I, I, I got stuck on Michael Savage, who does oh. happen to live in the Bay Area. Oh, God. Um, yeah. So, so Adam Savage is probably, you know, for the, the fuck, Mary kill of, of this. Uh, yeah, Adam Savage is probably the way to go. Yeah, and, and the way to describe Adam Savage is like uh, a, a skinny Steve Agee. That's the only way I would describe you're, him. You're going to have to tell me who Steve Agee is. Steve Agee's a comic actor. He was in the Sarah Silverman program. Um, you're going to have to tell me who Sarah Silverman is. Sarah Silverman is the author of Bedwetter, a great memoir. You're going to have to tell me what a book is. This could go on forever, people. And I would just keep on. Um, yeah, so it sounded like a uh, a party where Josh enjoyed himself and that there were a lot of Star Wars props around. Yeah, he did seem really struck by the props. Um, I could, I'm, I'm glad that you got out of that that he enjoyed himself because it, it, it seemed to me that he kind of focused on being the socially awkward guy at the party. Yeah, uh, that I, was in there for sure. I, 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 I paused it so I could write down, how can I be 51 and not be better at this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my guess is his self-perception of how he does at parties is far worse than how he actually is at parties. Probably so. So. I, I think part of it is that uh, although he is far from being a narcissist, so much of his life he has been the center of attention um, that for him to blend in in a crowd, I can see being very uncomfortable for him. It's true. And it's because, and also he has one of the most unique <laughs> stories. No, no one else has parlayed a stand-up career in high school and kept you know producing and doing successful things yeah so so i could see yeah i could see him used to being the the center of attention and he was confused by Mythbusters. he thought it was a ghost hunting show didn't he? <laughs> yes but uh what did you ever watch that show yeah, um, my kids liked it a lot, and yeah, it it, it was good. It was I, I like anything that tries to trick kids into learning science. Yeah, kids can see right through Bill Nye and Beekman's world. You know, they're they're not fooled for a second by that stuff. But uh, yeah, MythBusters, you can you can sneak a little physics in there without them realizing it. Yeah, my kid had a brief Mythbusters uh, phase. I wonder if he would get back into it. Right now, he's all about uh, Bob Ross, watching a lot really? of Joy of Painting. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's it's pleasant, I will say. It's pleasant to just hear that. All right. Yeah, it's ASMR, you know. It's just uh, it's a nice lull. And oh. so... <laughs> That's been the last few days in our household. <laughs> um, 
for the second time, we uh, had a mention of Josh's minor league baseball hat with the Theodore Roosevelt logo. And Andy got so many things wrong about that stupid hat. <laughs> okay. At one point he said, I didn't realize it was a cartoon. And Josh, with the exasperated parent voice that Josh sometimes has, had to explain to him that it was just a logo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh was really put into a, uh, a tough position this week, being jet lagged and talking to a little off the rails, Andy. Well, you know, this, and they mentioned that this was afternoon. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how much pot Andy had had by this. Yeah. And whether mornings are, are usually better for him. Yeah. Um, That's what Josh thinks. Josh prefers the morning. So. Yeah, I can see that. Well, and speaking of drugs, Andy talked about freebasing. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like that he was honest and open about it. And and just how he didn't, it wasn't called freebasing then or whatever, but uh, but that it had existed and that he, he had given it a shot. <laughs> um well i'm glad that was a brief brief foray for him i think so that was good um, he came out safe on the other ends yes good good for him uh I, I enjoyed the discussion about the tcu horn frogs that was my next note uh, uh <laughs> and how regional animals are especially popular yeah um Andy was trying to make a meal out of it and and think why are a frog with horns not realizing it's an actual animal. An animal that used to be all over the place around here. But I think, uh, you know, just the suburban habit, suburban expansion has kind of uh, pushed them out of this area. I've always thought of them as a panhandle, you know. They used to be all over. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember coming across them a lot, you know, and picking, you know, friends picking them up so they would bleed out their eyes. That was their kind of They would shoot a little blood out of their eyes, like out of, wow. out of fear. It was this crazed reflex. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're mentioned. So what is your favorite college mascot? Uh, the Southern Illinois Salukis. Salukis are great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also like the Pittsburgh State Gorillas because it's just a fantastic gorilla logo. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of mine now. Um, I like the Lobos. Yes. New Mexico Lobos. And uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, just because of their mascot. He's a great mascot. Yes. Great mascot. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun with that. Now, it's Ask the Expert time here on the show. Why are there so many high schools that are wampus cats, but no colleges? Um, that's That's a great question. Why hasn't it graduated? Uh, the high schools I know about are Conway, Arkansas, and Atoka, 
Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. these are two smaller towns, two, uh, yeah, two. So maybe, maybe it's just not metropolitan enough. I, <laughs> maybe I need to start a college just so I can have that mascot. Or maybe OU should change their, you know, their problematic historical name to the Wampus Cats. I like it. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but my family is from Conway. No, you haven't. And uh, in fact, my grandfather was mayor of Conway in the 50s. Wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Once... I guess I was a freshman or sophomore in college and I was house sitting for a family friend and I was doing some dishes and I look over the sink on the windowsill and there's a, like a class ring and it says wampus on it. (laughs) And I was so confused for about 10 minutes Like, did someone buy me a class ring? (laughs) Are they surprised? Am I being surprised? I could not figure it out. And and then I looked and it said Atoka. And then I said, that must be their name. Yeah, it was cray cray. The other mascot that no one seems to embrace. There's plenty of variations, but nobody just goes with the horses. Yeah, that's a that's a damn shame. It's a solid mascot, and no one does it. Yeah. Um, get on it, colleges. Uh, but Horned Frogs is good. Okay, so next is one, the highlight, I think, of the first half of Thought Spiral 295, and that was Josh's uh, cab ride home from the airport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we we have the 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 I, I i i and i love the way he tells it he says well my cab driver was filipino and immediately and goes oh <laughs> yeah like okay let's <laughs> not rush to judgment but you know i i i've been thinking about this i i've been thinking about dutarte and how people a lot of Filipinos embrace Duterte. And the more I think about it, the more I realize, are they aspiring to become Singapore? Because it's the kind of, of level of harsh control that honestly has brought Singapore to the success that it enjoys today. Is that where he's going with this? That he wants the Philippines to be the next Singapore? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the model would be. Um, you know, it's a it's a country that has wavered between dictatorships and, and democracy. And I guess sometimes there are comforts that are, come with the dictatorship part. And you and uh, you remember, you know, well, we didn't have this problem when <laughs> when we had the Amelda Marco, you know, Ferdinand Marcos. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't know how much of an influence or a pair, you know, uh, what is it? A, the paradigm of Singapore is over there, but it could be for sure. I, I thought that Josh's response to the anti-Semitism was was 
really cheerfully diplomatic just to say i'm a jew be careful yes it wasn't angry it wasn't debate me and although it wasn't lighthearted, but it was friendly yeah i mean that is as good in the moment that's better than i would have done i'm sure yeah well you know you know since you and i are we're persecuted our 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 peoples are (laughs) constantly being oh yeah it is rough out here for for me yeah uh yeah it's that was a, a good button on that story but uh i've been and it made me think about cab rides i've had and i i've never had it go that dark so so i feel lucky yeah i've never had it go dark i've and this most of the cab rides i took were uh, downtown Oklahoma City, uh, you know, for about nine months, I couldn't drive, and so I was either taking the eight bus or I was in the cabinet. And so, most of the cab drivers that, that I had were going up and down Film Row, uh, which is you know, it's it's would you it's not really fair to call Film Row Skid Row. But you know, if if you are unhoused in Oklahoma City, chances are that's where you're hanging out. Yeah. And every cab driver that I was with had negative sympathy for anyone who was on hard times. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, these people are blah 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 blah. Uh, which I guess you know, if you're if you're hustling, if you're driving a cab and you're putting 70 or 80 hours in fine i'll give you the right yeah exactly it's understanding that um and then after the cab driver i have the mention of the jonah hill movie yes which we talked about in my household like my wife's like, well, this might be good. And I looked at the cast and I was like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not going to take film reviews from Andy that seriously, usually, right. You know, but on on plot or if if he says it's confusing, I'm not going to take that. No, the hard for me. Right. But he picked up a tenor and a in a tone deafness that and that um that I believe I think I think he's probably uh dead to rights on that one. Uh what did Josh call it? Uh a, if someone had heard of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Right. And said I could I I can make it better. Yeah. And and you know, we, we even had that. We we had Oh yeah, at a National Kutcher vehicle just a few years ago that you know just came out and admitted that's what it was. But I I wonder with movies like this, do do the the screenwriter and the producers think we're doing it? We are solving racism. Yeah, I think they do. I think they have, and you know, I haven't seen this one, but you know, I'm sure they've inserted a speech they want to make in someone's mouth. 
Right. Um, have you watched any of White Lotus? No. Now, White Lotus is, um, you know, set in present day. And there are talks that almost sound like like Twitter debates once in a while. But Mike White is smart enough to to not give anyone the upper hand and to make them sound like what that character would and to, you know, to illuminate something about them. Um, yeah. But when it's done clunky, it's, there's nothing worse. I think that's just like mystery science theater inspired a lot of bad behavior from less talented people. I think that Aaron Sorkin made a lot of bad writers think that they could write something pithy and important. That I think that's well said right there. Yeah. Well, um, I was struck by something after they talked about this and they were going through the Johnny Hill filmography and they, they indirectly mentioned to get him to the Greek. <laughs> I, when they said, oh, the, where he's babysitting Russell Brandt, I immediately knew that that was Get Him to the Greek, a movie I have never seen. Yeah, I, I, I realized I, I know a lot more about movies than I actually watch movies. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure for me. And it, <laughs> it reminded me of uh, a, a John Worcester interview where he said, I will never listen to a Frank Zappa album, but I will watch a 10-hour documentary about Frank Zappa. Yeah, exactly. And Worcester talked about this Grateful Dead documentary, you know, that was six hour and a half episodes or something. Okay. And I and I cannot, I just don't get the Grateful Dead. Um, you know, I find a lot of it laughable and and I, I I cannot listen to it, but I was hooked on that documentary. Yeah. Mm. And he said the same thing. He said that, you know, he could not stop watching. And yeah, so I'm totally with him on that. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's a trend today. I mean, like my kid will watch videos of people m- making models but the idea of him doing a model, get out, get out of here. You know, yeah. he's not going to. Um, cooking is the same way. Watching someone cook is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's something soothing about that. You know, um, and I, uh, I have said this to people, you know, people will come into my, my cheese shop and, and, you know, we have ingredients you can't find or, you know, other places or you know some premium ingredients and people are saying oh i'm sure like you know food network you know has created an awareness and people want it and and in my answer is always food network thought they were going to create a generation of chefs and cooks but they have ju- just created a, a generation of eaters yeah you know people who eat and think they know how to judge something instead of how to make it you know they watch iron chef and they take they see it through the eyes of the judge not as the contestant right so so, Um, yeah 
for for instance, I would never, I would never use the word mouthfeel. Well, well then, uh, you would be lost at my house because we're all talking. Well, the only time I would use it is on uh, like wine, like on a Chateau Neuf de Pop. That has good mouthfeel. That has a really good mouthfeel. But yeah, I'm not going to use it. I should probably come down to the cheese shop uh, because I am um, for for uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, my wife gave me a book uh, called Otto Lenghi Flavor. Oh, the Otto Lenghi series is great, and uh, it's got me uh, it's got me convinced I can make my own black garlic. It's uh, <laughs> you know it it it, it, it it's really talking me into you know in, increase increasing the uh the the breadth of of what i consider staples to have in my pantry oh good deal so i've i've really enjoyed that so i need to need to run down to super town i need to run down to 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 my local cheesemonger you should and we can visit we barely so i saw dan uh, monday night Yes, we, we should talk got, about that. We barely got to talk, but we barely got good. to talk. But it was the best mic I've been to uh, since the pandemic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was magical. No, uh, it was a hyperbole convention. It was just I, 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 I didn't think I would have a good time with comedy again, and. I found myself having a good time there. Yeah. Yeah. It's good people, good attitude and uh, the mix part, which sometimes I, I'm not a fan of it, but all, all of that was great. The, um, the, the guitarist that started the show. <laughs> yes. That's, <laughs> I, uh, that's why I watched the gong show. Just <laughs> to unearth amazing little apps like that. So the opening, the person who started the show, they um, just had an electric guitar and they played absolute noise, (laughs) you know, and and I I videoed some of it, too, because it was cracking me up. But it led to maybe the longest, the longest lasting laugh of the night for me, just thinking about it periodically where um uh the mc the host caleb was kind of standing near and they said oh am i out of time and you know after just just playing absolute noise uh for four and a half minutes and he said well you have 30 seconds and and they said oh i can do something with that (laughs) 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 just then just played 30 more seconds of noise. It was so funny. It, it was, was so, really, it was uh, really special. It was great. It was uh, great I, stuff. I want to go through a lightning round just to, to go through my notes here. Uh, I agree with Andy. The SNL Hollywood quiz was a very, very funny sketch. Uh, yeah, I looked it up to, to see what, it, what he was talking about. Yeah. That was really clever. It was. I loved the idea of a Burt Bacharach morning zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I was especially tickled by Andy's Donald Duck voice. Oh, I'm trying to... Re- it, 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 it did not sound like Donald Duck, right? No, not okay, remotely. Yeah. No. Okay. I'll send you a timestamp. Um, Andy tried to keep making a pun out of acapella. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah, but he kept calling it, kept calling it capella. Yes. Oh, poor. Th- these are the times when I feel for for uh, Josh. Yes. Uh, and then it was it was especially painful. And I I know that Andy wishes nobody any ill will. And you know, it, a person of his age would not realize this, but the 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 G word, the word oh, for yeah. the Roma that. Uh-huh. He, did not realize was a slur after josh told him it was a slur i counted he said it four more times <laughs> but andy stop oh <laughs> so let's talk questions oh let's do let me look up i i put out a call for questions oh well first off are we going to talk about the questions of thought spiral yeah, I, I thought that one really intriguing question. First of all, I didn't know Stephen Martin Yates was a Greek Orthodox marriage counselor. Oh, That's yeah. <laughs> something I didn't need to know. Um, I, I, I love the question about um, any fashion faux pas that the guys committed, which kind oh, of yeah. turned into Josh being a fedora person without realizing that he was <laughs> a fedora person. Um, but I got to thinking about the many, many fashion faux pas that I've committed over the years. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Offensive t-shirts. I, I had some t-shirts that, looking back, I can't believe I wore in public, you know? Like things with grisly scenes on it. And then mm. usually the flaming lips written over it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was their fault I'll, I'll say but um my life is a fashion faux pas you know so uh but not Nehru jackets no no and uh i was not surprised that andy had a lot of acid wash uh, in his past let's see i asked for questions on the thought spiral discord and no one has asked any so we will move on from there all right. Uh, I put a call out for Facebook from and uh, hooray. Um, Daniel Wade asks, what's the podcast about? And um, it's it's a recap of Thought Spiral, Daniel. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Um, I, I bumped into virtually bumped into Alex Sanchez today and he has a question. Okay. Uh, Alex asked, what are some weird people that you are watching on YouTube these days? <laughs> uh, this, uh, I'm watching a model builder. I don't know his name, but I just watch it when my kid does, who, uh, who uh, is very meticulous and makes amazing models. Mm. But he's, he's kind of weird. How about you? Um, not a particular person, but I, I watch over and over again compilations of 80s TV commercials Ooh. that have the VHS S lines on. Uh, because those, th- those I don't remember a lot of 
the pop culture, but the 30 second long pop culture is deeply ingrained in me. I'm kind of like that, that, that guy in Memento who liked watching commercials because he had that long enough in attention span. So I, I, I will I watch that. blocks and blocks and blocks of, of eighties commercials. Uh, I'm, I'm, let me, I'm going to look through my history, except that my history will be my kid stuff. Yeah. To see what, um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I can't tell you. Um, I have a question for you. Okay. It's something that, that I was thinking about. What is something uh, from your childhood that you thought was a universal cultural moment, but it turned out it was only a local thing? Oh, that is a good question. Do you have an answer for yourself that you can I, say while I think of something? I, I do, because growing up in Seattle, there was a puppet show. We're back to puppets. There was a puppet show on TV called Boomerang that was hosted by Marty Nixon. Oh, wow. And uh, six-year-old me thought that it was actually Julie Andrews hosting the show. Uh, and you know, I could be forgiven for making that mistake. But even years later, when I realized it was Marty Nixon, I thought this was some national TV show because Marty Nixon is just, you know, a, an icon. But no, she was just doing a puppet show at the at the local ABC affiliate. That, I think you've mentioned Marty here before. Uh, yeah. Now, I didn't think it was universal, but. There was a, and have I talked about Xanar here? No. Okay, so there was a children's television host, you know, who they would show cartoons or short subjects on the the UHF channel here. And there was a guy dressed in like a, in, in a cape, in a kind of a superhero alien hybrid outfit. And he had, you know, a... a covered face mask and his name was Xanar and he would say things like Ogilay poxies and then it would flash on the screen Ogilay means hello poxies friends and he would drop in these <laughs> alien words <laughs> and it would flash these things so for years and years I would I googled him and and I couldn't find anything and then finally, a couple of years ago, maybe even less than two years ago, I, I found a reference to him and his, I guess he worked in television for a long time and his collection is being archived by some Carolina university. And I read about it and it turns out he was based in, in a Carolina, one in North or South Carolina, and had shot this for the, this TV station there. But they did not pick it up the, where he shot it in the studio. And the only place it showed was Oklahoma City. Wow. And, and, you know, and it was probably for five or six months. But you know, my old friend and I, we used to say Ogale epoxies all the time to each other, you know, up till through college. And uh, yeah, so only my guess is only you know, less than a thousand kids saw that. And it probably, and I remember I asked my friend who I watched them with, 
another friend and he did not remember at all. And my guess is probably less than 100 people today have a memory of this broadcast of Xanar. That's kind of you know, beautiful. Introducing, you know, maybe a, a Fleischer cartoon or something. <laughs> you know. I, I remember in, in the dying days of UHF, um, in the, in the mid nineties, uh, the, the local Fox affiliate had Ranger Roger and it was this portly man stuffed into basically a Cub Scout uniform. And it just, it just seemed so unsettling. <laughs> now, you know who tall Paul is, Paul Mead sure. insurance, of course. And so for anyone who doesn't, there was a, a an insurance salesman in Oklahoma city who had the catchiest commercial jingle and it would, was a stop motion little figure, you know, in a car driving with a, a bunny and it, it would end five, two, four, one, five, four, one. But for a short while, he had like a 30 minute show on, uh, on local TV too. Really? Yeah. And I cannot explain it, but it's real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did Did you ever watch the Mathis Brothers Country Jamboree? No, but show? almost all, I guess, a few furniture sellers throughout the South. Um, that was a common uh, side gig or companion gig to being uh, country singers. It was to uh, to be sell furniture, and Jude and Jody, which was on the south side, yes. they were they were the same. Yep. I want to uh, I want to talk to uh, Jason from Huntsville uh, because you know we're the same age, have many many things in common, and I'm going to ask him about a particularly nonsensical. A Huntsville-based commercial and see what his take was on it. And I'll, I'll report back on that next week. Uh, I cannot wait uh, for that. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, will I see you next Monday at the at the open mic? Well, next Monday is President's Day, which I normally try to respectfully observe. Uh, yeah, I'll be in town next Monday. Well, good, because I'm going to be featuring in two Mondays. Ooh. So I have to, I need to put in some work. Fantastic. Yeah, should be a good time. Um, for those of you who were interested in, in my show, tickets go on sale this Friday, uh, unless Brad drops the ball again. Exciting. I'll yeah. be getting some. Yep. Should be a hoot. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely see you Monday night. All right, let's end this diplomatically and say bye bye. <laughs>